0: My name is John Swayze and uh, I'm uh, from Houston, Texas. I'm a voice actor in Houston and I work uh, primarily at Sentai Films um, as well as Funimation, uh, Sentai being based in Houston and Funimation is based in Dallas. And I do a little work for Gearbox and uh, Okatron in Dallas and trying to expand my market and lots of commercials and things like that. So Cool. Uh, have you been to Securicon before? I have. This is actually my... Third invite, my second time to appear. Uh, The first time that I was coming, um, I was bringing a friend of mine, Kyle Jones, who's a director, fellow director and voice actor at Sentai. And um, my wife threw her back out like the night before we left. And so I had to take her to the doctor the next morning. And the doctor was like, okay, so you're gonna be on your back for the next 36 hours. I said, "Well, what are we going to do? I'm supposed to leave town," and she goes, "No, you're not." <laughs> so I had to call the convention and say I got a medical emergency and I can't come. Right. So and if I show
1: up, I'll have one when I get back. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm
0: coming, I'm staying because there's no not going to be any room for me to come home. So, uh, but then, uh, and I know that you know, bummed him out and everything. And uh, Kyle went ahead and came, so they at least had the hotel room, and you know, not, it wasn't a total bust. Right. But. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but then they invited me again, and uh, that was about four years ago, maybe, five years ago. And uh, I had a great time, loved it, and um, here I am again. So I just, yeah, I mean, I love I love Seattle, and I love the staff at SoccerCon. They're great. It's a great, it's just the whole package is great, you know. Yeah.
1: Do you have any favorite uh, locales, venues, or, or even food that you like to, you got to get when you're here?
0: Uh, all of it, you know. Um, I did have Crab and a Cup again today, which I love, Crab and a Cup. <laughs> uh I mean just such great beer. I remember the first time I came to Seattle for SoccerCon. I had flown in and landed at the airport and there was nobody to get me. I thought, "Okay, well. Lovely. That's that's a bummer, but you know what? There's a bar right there and they have good beer here, so I'll just sit at the bar and wait till somebody gets here." Mm-hmm. And I called my agent and I said, "Hey, just want to let you know that there may be some confusion or whatever, but nobody's here, so I'm fine. I'm just hanging at the bar." I think I sat there like an hour and a half and this uh, young girl uh, comes up. She was awesome. She was like, are you John Swayze? And I said, yeah. She goes, I am so, so sorry. When they said, I ran out the door to come to the airport and they just said, he's flying AA. I just assumed American Airlines. So I've been down at American Airlines waiting for you. Alaska. Well, I flew on Alaskan, <laughs> Alaskan <Airlines. laughs> Of
2: course it's Houston. Of course it was Alaska. Right. Yeah. yeah. So
0: um, anyway, but I, 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 the reason I tell that is because um, you know, I was in good hands. I was at a bar with good beer and I'm in a city with good beer and you know, worst case, I'll just grab a cab and head down to the hotel, you know, it's no big deal. So when I come here, yeah, it's kind of like, I, I don't really care where I go. i just, I do know, I really want to try this uh, Pikes Place.
1: Pike Place Market.
0: For Well, we went to Pikes Place Market, but there's a place down there for clam chowder. Mm. And apparently uh, it's really good, but yes. the line was out the door and it, it looks like the soup Nazi from Seinfeld no soup, <laughs> no for, soup you. for you yeah no no clams for you so anyway when we only got oysters I think tonight we're gonna go get crabs and you know it's just it's all good cool well um,
2: I know in your career uh, I think you mentioned it a little bit a second ago um, you've done both directing and voice acting and I imagine probably you've even worn some other hats uh, what do you like the most about each role and is there one that you prefer
0: um, well, when it comes to the acting side, um, you know, I, I like them all. They're all different. Uh, you know, it's it's quite a difference doing Gendo from Evangelion to doing uh, uh, Undertaker from Black Butler. I mean, they're just completely different characters, you know. Right. Um, uh, and I, I love the collaboration effort with the director and the actor and the engineer. Um, I, I would say my, my most favorite role to date is uh, a movie i did called the boy and the beast and uh, it's just a beautiful film by Mamoru hosada and it's um, um, just it's gorgeous and i got to play the beast which i was thrilled to do right and um i told i told somebody i said yeah i think these voices had to go to japan to get you know approved and uh mike mcfarland the director said yeah turn now. out we just picked them and i went Well, in my story, they had to go to Japan. You know, (laughs) Hosada himself picked me out. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I want to believe. So, anyway, yeah, that was one of my favorites, and you know, it was just such a cool character. And and I play a lot of dads. Mm -hmm. That's um kind of my mo.
2: I've I've noticed that. I wanted to actually ask you something about that. So you you know, Von Hohenheim uh, and like Lord Death. uh, You know, some of the other characters you were mentioning. You are. Often a, I guess you could say like a, a fatherly figure, mm-hmm. um, is, I mean I'm a dad myself as well. Um, do you have kids? I do. I have three kids. Uh, so it just comes naturally to you then.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Except I play a really crappy father in anime. I hope oh, I'm right. a better. I hope I'm a better father than Gendo. Right. You know, or uh, Hohenheim for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean it, it. It certainly has helped to. Uh, Help me to craft a performance because I think about you know how would I react to my own kids or you know how that kind of thing and then use that
2: as kind of a starting point to
0: right right exactly exactly exactly.
1: Do you channel uh, some of your personal experiences and life experiences into some of your more challenging or uh, demanding roles?
0: I don't know if I've ever channeled life experiences. I mean, I probably do, but much on a much more subconscious level. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, where I don't sit there and go, okay. Here's this character. So think back, John. What was the event that you know? Where were you, and what did you do, and all that? I I think it's more of a collective, where um, things just kind of naturally come up. I'm a I'm a real fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. I I'm fun way to live life. Well, I mean, and my wife hates it, you know. But my, I'm I was trained early on in improv. That was my first love in the theater, and uh, I I just feel I've got that kind of um, gift, or whatever you want to call it, uh, where I can, um, I just love the improv structure. I love doing it. So a lot of times I am improv my way through a lot of things, whether it's directing or acting or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of prep work to do, and sometimes I'm not always as diligent when I do it, because <laughs> I'm like, "Ah, eh, we'll figure it out in the studio, you know.
1: How do you uh, bring physicality to some of your more demanding
2: roles?
0: Uh, physicality in the voice booth, to me, is one of the most important things. I know actors that will sit on a stool with their legs crossed with a magazine they're reading in between takes, uh, but I am somebody that likes, I need to stand up, kind of get myself planned and, and let myself be physical. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the workshops I teach, and, and I know others, uh, other actors teach it, but it's about becoming a voice talent. and. You know, one of the things I, I talk about is that, you know, people come up and they get in front of a microphone and they get scared and they get clammy and they get all shy and they kind of start to close in. It's like you've got to let yourself be open and free and let yourself, you know, if you're running, if your character's running, don't just go, ah, 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 you know, <laughs> run. Yeah. You know, because you're going to, if you have to yell, you know, yell, be, but be, let it, let the physical side of it, Express itself because that's going to make for a truer and richer performance.
2: What were some of your acting experiences before voice work?
0: Well, I mean, I got a degree in theater from the University of the South in Sewanee, Tennessee, and I came back and started doing live theater, uh, doing improvisation, um, doing a lot of sketch comedy, like you know Saturday Night Live type stuff, and. Uh, that was actually what I really wanted to do was end up on Saturday Night Live so um, but I, uh, I I did a couple of films mm-hmm. um, you know uh, so I, and I took lots and lots of classes you know my daughter wants to be an actor and right? she's about ready to go off to college and I said you know what you're gonna find is it's important to get a degree but get a degree in something else not as a fallback but because show business, is just that it's a business so take it you know be it be a theater major take you get a degree in theater but also minor or get a degree in business right you know understand you know this isn't let's put up some sheets and have a play and you know people will give us money won't they it's like no you know, <laughs> not that easy if you want this to work you've got to really work at it you know? yeah so um, uh, that's you know that That's what I just, I tell her, I'm like, you know, you're going to, when you get out of college, you're going to end up taking classes from acting coaches and casting directors and all this kind of stuff for the next few years, like, and just little seminars, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's what's going to help further you along. Right. Uh, Yeah, that's, I think that's
2: good advice um, to understand business before you go into show business. I think that's an interesting tidbit. Mm Do you have any Interesting, like maybe not interesting is the right word, do you have any funny stories from your career or anything that you think uh, people that are like fans of some of the things you worked on might find funny to to hear about?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I've got tons of stories. (laughs) I don't know how uh, clean we have to be, but I've got lots of stories. Our audience is over
2: 18. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can say whatever. (laughs) Um,
0: I told us I have a, a panel I do called con stories from hell. Oh great! Okay. Or horror story, something. like that. When is it? It was last night. Oh. And uh, but it's uh, and it's not about. The convention was a problem. It's just weird stuff that's happened to me at conventions,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and one of them was. Um, I was people always ask me, like, "What's your favorite line?" And my favorite line was from Borderlands 2, but it actually got cut from the game, to my understanding. Oh. But. My character, Salvador, is in this Gunzerker mode and he's just blasting with two big old guns on each hand and he's just going, Aah! you know. <laughs> and the line is, it's like having three dicks! <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
0: so when I idea. do that, that, when I do uh, that line for people, you know, they do, I mean, because I really belt it out and yeah. they laugh and all that stuff. But one time I was at a convention and um, these, uh, These guys walk up and I was doing autographs or I think or something and they walk up and they've got this like, you know, wood burn. It's about, like, it's a piece of wood. You know, it's about this big, right? Mm -hmm. Like that. And on it is this burned cutout or whatever of a character I did named Huang from a show called Darker Than Black. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well you did that. I was it's very nice. And they're like, we'd like you to have it. I'm like, well that's, that's very kind of you, thank you. And they go, and we have another one. And they pull out another wood burn. And this one is a wood burnout, but it says, It's like having three dicks. No, no. That's I'm over like, your mantle, right? Yeah, I'm like, honey, look, we we'll just put this right here, you know? And uh so I should yeah. take that as a but, suggestion. No, oh, no, no. They they it it's it gets a big laugh. It's funny. But anyway, so I yeah, so I've had lots of weird stuff that's happening. Yeah. It's to be honest with you, when I do this panel, um, it's a really, it's about a 45-minute stand-up. That, yeah. I mean, because it's just telling stories. Right. And, um, you know, that kind of thing. So,
2: Have you performed stand-up? Uh, I mean, outside of the panel? I did
0: a little bit way back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, stand-up isn't really my bag because of creating the material. Right. Um, that's where I, I follow more or fall more into the improv where I can just kind of make it up. Sure. And improv is great because if you can make it up and if it works, yeah, okay. great. If it doesn't work, there's it's improv, man. You make something else up. Yeah, I, I, right? I make something else up. I'll try <laughs> something different. But, uh, yeah, just that, you know, writing your own material and, and you know. Um, but I, I when I do this panel, it's sort of like a stand-up game because I'm just talking. Now, I do get... Some people to share stories like, hey, so, you know, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? And you know, they'll come up and tell a story and uh, sometimes right. they're they're good and sometimes it was like, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: Oops. <laughs> and it's important to try though, you know?
0: It's important to try, absolutely.
2: What's
1: the uh, easiest voice role you've ever you've ever done? So one that maybe seemed really well to your personality or your natural normal
0: oh, range um people? Hohenheim was pretty pretty easy. I mean, you know, there's a couple of times he gets into his alter character, but um, he was he was pretty easy. I would, I like doing him. Um, there's some voices, you know, and uh, now especially we're going so fast in the process. You know, we don't really sometimes we have auditions. Sometimes we just cast the shows and stuff. And I you know I somebody the other day was like you need a vocal reference for the thing I was like no I'm pretty sure he sounds like this (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's him (laughs) you know right. kind of getting relegated to these you know these are the roles for John yeah nothing wrong with that well I mean yeah you know I don't mind I don't mind being typecast as long as I'm cast so sure uh, that's fine but it you know like I would have I would have never gotten uh, the Lord Death or never gotten Undertaker if they were like Well, that's really all John can do, you know. Yeah. And I I mean, I, you know, not to brag or anything, but I cut my teeth working at Sentai, back then ADV Films, where I wasn't the lead. I wasn't the Vic Mignon or the Chris Patton or the the Lucy Christian or Monica Rial, but I was like 15 other characters in every show (laughs) because I had a, I have a range, you know. So it would be, it was fun to be able to do that, you know, And, and um uh, just really get to explore the different worlds and and, and do different voices and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing Because that's what I really love.
1: Yeah, was there a particularly difficult role, one that was more challenging um, for you?
0: Gozaburo from My Bride Is a Mermaid was definitely one of the the top ones because everything he does, he yells. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was like we would work for fifteen minutes, take a forty-five minute break, work for fifteen minutes, take a. It was brutal on my throat. Oh, I bet. And yeah. as a matter of fact, I think, if mer- memory serves me correctly, I think I was doing Gosuburo. It was either Gosuburo or, um, uh, oh God, what's the name? Um, Crocodile from One Piece. But either way, sure. it was a voice where I was really having to push it. And uh, uh, Zach Bolden goes, hey, I want you to audition for this role for. Uh, his character named Lord Death Soul Solier. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to guess Lord Death probably sounds like this, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, man, we got in there. He's like, no, 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 listen to the Japanese actor. So I did it again, and it was like, yeah, that's it, that's it, you know. And as a matter of fact, when we were recording that show, he stopped me about 20, 30 minutes into the session and said, dude, you're right where I want you to be with the voice. Let's start over so that was fine I mean it didn't take that long you know so um but that was cool that he was able to zone in and yeah that's interesting right
2: he kind of like uh worked from the middle out Um, how often real quick how often do you hear the
1: japanese voice actor their version before you
0: always always Always. oh yeah
2: so you
1: don't get like the little card that describes really quickly what the character's like and
0: you do you do but um i think it's very important to listen to the japanese actor for one thing, in Houston, uh, we don't use the we do not use the beep system. Meaning, when you're recording in Funimation, you hear beep beep beep, and you talk on the fourth beep where it would have gone, and hopefully the script is right and it will line up perfectly. In Houston, we just do what's called the chase method, where we just watch the time code. Okay, here it comes. As soon as I start hearing my Japanese counterpart, mm-hmm. I start talking and it's it's easy it's not hard or anything is it
1: for the purpose of like matching up lip flaps or something no
0: it's not to match up lip flaps more than it is to match up the intention of the line the the context of the line tone and if 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 somebody color. says i've had just about enough of this meeting versus i've had just about enough of this meeting well <laughs> it's not going to work now the japanese are not super strict about getting their lip flaps right mm-hmm. So, a lot of times we have to take uh, kind of matters into our own hand and rewrite copy and, and that kind of thing, but uh, um, it's, I, I just think it's always important to listen to what the Japanese did first because that's really what you're trying to mimic, and I don't mean mimic like sound like him or anything like that, but just that's, that's what you're trying to capture. So You can add words and still keep it at the same feel, you know. But uh, if you don't listen to what they're doing, I think you're gonna do yourself and your fans a disservice.
2: What are your favorite non-anime shows or things that you haven't worked on that uh, you like to enjoy in your own time?
0: F is for Family, BoJack Horseman, uh, Simpsons, Family Guy. I love animation. I'm I'm just a sucker for animation. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I used to watch. Uh, I like this other shows. Amazon shows, Sneaky Pete. I really like. And, um, it's just so amazing the, the the plethora of stuff out there, right? You know, it's just it's crazy. It's really changed. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, are you talking about it, are shows that I like that are that I've, I've been in that are not anime or that I've... Uh, yeah, mostly stuff that you have work worked on, but I mean,
2: you know, the the kind of the... Because I've never worked question... on any of the
0: shows I just mentioned. I just like I <laughs> yeah. watching them.
2: No, that's definitely what I wanted to know. Uh, and then I guess the, to kind of address that, the counter to that question, what are the favorite... Uh, what are the things that you like to watch the most that you have been in or...
0: Well, I don't really like to watch myself if I've been in a, I don't Oh, interesting. I don't uh, really care to see me. I don't, you know... Mhm. I feel like I sounded terrible. There's a thousand different ways I could have done that better. Right. <laughs> you know, beat myself up, and I'm just like, you know, I don't need. To do that. See, that makes me feel better because
2: I always feel weird when I hear my own voice too. So,
0: <laughs> well, and just the physicality of it, you know, you you what you're what I'm hearing right now is probably not the same thing you're hearing right. when I speak because mm-hmm. it's it's resonating in my skull and you know still coming out and back around here, but I'm getting it from the inside as well and. You know you're all hearing something a little different than I am
2: yeah maybe that's why it's all it always feels so uncanny that when people hear recordings of themselves maybe so you know I, I, I'm just like God,
0: dude, why would you hire that guy <laughs> he's awful
2: um what is
1: it has it ever been a unique or a unique experience if your wife or your kids uh, were watching something that you were in and you like walked in and they were
0: so yeah well, I mean the, the, the I have two stories about that one is um, my Daughter, when we went to go see The Boy and the Beast, we were in the movie theater, and my we finished the movie, and we're walking out, and my eleven year old looks up to me, holding my hand, and just says, "Daddy, you are so good as the Beast," and everyone walking out just like, "What? <laughs> You're John Swayze?" and I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh my God!" So we had this little fandom thing at the at the movie theater, right? Conversely, um, my son. Uh, I walked in on him the other day, and uh, that sounds weird. I I walked in to his room, and he was on his phone. Said, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Watching Attack on Titan." I'm
2: like, "Oh,
0: you know, I'm in that." He goes, "Yeah, I'm reading the or listening the Japanese version." Uh, I'm like, "Oh,
2: maybe you're gonna be doing that outside." I guess you're gonna
0: be not having dinner tonight either.
2: Yeah. So. I love Attack on Titan. What did you think of uh, working on that project?
0: Oh, it was fine. I mean, it, you know, um, I, I it wasn't on it that long. I mean, My character didn't have a huge role, but mm-hmm. um, I have yet to see it. I haven't seen it yet.
2: Oh, good yeah, I love That's a great one. Uh, that's probably one of my very favorites lately. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's awesome.
1: No, again, our, our audience is over 18. I got to hear, what's your favorite Trigon line? You're mentioning that you couldn't say it before for the other...
0: A trigun I really don't have a favorite I mean just how can you beat it's like having three dicks I mean that's just the, yeah that's the best <laughs> that's the funniest line I've ever said in my life you know and I told my wife I was like hey hey, you know yeah, hey right <laughs>
2: and you've got the wood berm to prove it yeah sure. right exactly. it says so right here
0: it's what the people want
1: yeah Um, what is it like to be an ADR director what goes into the process like how does that differ from being a voice actor
0: well um, it differs, I mean, in the fact that you're, you're responsible for all the characters. And, and uh, you know, what I have to be careful of is there are certain characters that I'm like, man, if I were playing that character, this is how I would do it, um, you know, based on what the Japanese was doing and, and whatnot. But you really have to let actors sort of explore their own world and, and make their own discoveries and um, that kind of thing. I think it's very important to let actors do that. And one of the cool things is we got, between Houston and Dallas, we've got so many talented actors out there, man. It's like, you just let them go. We were just working on a movie called Yona Yona Penguin. It's a little CG animated movie, it's a kid's movie. And we recorded everybody. And the last person we recorded was Monica Rial. And she played the title character. So we just went, got her in there, got her in the booth and went, record and then just sat back and listened to her do the whole movie without i mean we stopped and started a couple times but it was just pretty much the whole movie because she was in the whole thing so you know it was faster than starting stopping starting stopping and all that so that was a really interesting experience to see what somebody like that but you know people like monica and lucy christian todd abercorn you know those guys are they're super great but you know they they're not everybody's that good, number one, and they can't be in everything, so. Um, sometimes working with an actor can be a real challenge, you know, you're trying to get them to, like I was talking about earlier, be real, and they're not, you know, they're going, ah, and it's like, no, I need you to yell. right. You know, mm-hmm. you're sounding fake. Okay, ah, it's like, don't do fake louder. <laughs> right,
2: so, yeah, it's not, it must not be that easy to just snap your fingers and they get it all the time.
1: What was your first uh, your first role when you were starting the industry?
0: I worked as a character called, well, in a show called Golden Boy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was in a, you know, just a one episode, one, I couldn't even tell you, I don't remember the name of the character. But uh, I was just like going, what the hell is this? You know, I didn't understand the ADR process. I was like, you know, still very green and very new. But, but once things kind of got cranking, I started getting more roles, and, and and people started going. Well, you know, John could do that role and that role, you know, and he could be these four guys, and he, you know, so it really for me started to pick up pretty significantly. Um, where in I want to say the late nineties, uh, yeah, late nineties started to boom. Yeah, I was really man. I, we had studios in Houston, and you know, working at least probably 10 hours a week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but...
1: But this is getting it, the vocal cords... Well, but
0: yeah, but I mean, so, you know, two hours a day, maybe skip a day and do three hours one day, but um, we would just go from studio to studio, you know, and uh, then once I started directing, it became, even you know, more prolific, so...
2: You're from that Houston area. Uh, I've been out there once before, but I didn't really know my way around. What are some some great things to do if I take another trip out there?
0: Go to Houston? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Um, you can come to my house. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> don't know I'll how exciting <laughs> that is. But, uh, you know, you can go down to the Battleship Texas. You can go to the Galleria. Um, tons of good food. Just tons of good. Food.
2: That was the main thing I was getting at. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. was like, got any suggestions? <laughs> oh yeah, I
0: mean, it depends what you like. We got a very, very vibrant Vietnamese community there in Houston. Oh, so interesting. I did not know that. Great Vietnamese. In fact, I would say Houston has, outside of Vietnam, has the best Vietnamese food in the world.
2: Okay, I'll so, have to try that. Um, out.
0: But all kinds of all kinds of good stuff. Just come on down.
2: All right.
1: Oh, finally, do you have any words you'd like to say to your fans that couldn't make it out here this
0: weekend? Sorry you couldn't be here, but always remember to live life as if nothing else mattered but your happiness.
2: Fantastic. And so that nice. could
0: involve crabs and beer. Especially
2: <laughs> the, when you're in the good,
0: The good kind of crabs.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, <laughs> yeah. it, man. Appreciate it, John.